Welcome to Passion Fruits, a passion project for passionate people. I'm your pinecone, Daniel. Is a pinecone a fruit? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm so good. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, I'm your acorn. <laughs> I'm your acorn, Adam. It is a fruit. Yeah. Do you want to start with it? Because I'm going to say the same thing. What would you like to do, Adam? And over there is Adam. <laughs> Your guava guy. Ooh, Adam. Guava guy. Yeah. Nice. Cool. All right. Well, uh, then, Daniel, <laughs> what are we doing today, huh? Uh, well, let's talk about a pod, our podcast first. Okay. Sure. So what do we do on this podcast, Adam? Well, we uh, take subjects of significant interest. Great import. Yes, great import. Mm -hmm. And we, we discuss how people go from a casual fan mm -hmm. to being a fanatic or being super passionate yeah. about the subject. We talk about many things like Metallica, some songs by Metallica, <laughs> guitars that Metallica used, and mountain biking. Uh, yeah, the, all in two subjects. Good luck, people. Yeah. Hey, you've walked to the podcast. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, no, we... What, uh, uh? what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just going to say that we are... Not necessarily experts no, in any of this no. subject matter. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, don't want that weight no. bearing down on my shoulders. That's we it. would be hurt. on t Our feelings would get hurt on Twitter because people would be like, Yeah, I'm a troll. I live under a bridge. You don't know anything about Metallica. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious if all internet trolls actually lived under bridges? That'd and be so, <laughs> so appropriate. <laughs> Somehow got internet under there. <laughs> Um, hey, 5G, 5G uh, wireless access is coming coming on ev hey, coming everywhere. Yeah. What about it? What about it? <laughs> huh, no. um, but so, yeah, so, we, yeah. so we, we discuss what and try and figure out what takes people from being that kind of casual fan to being passionate. Right. About and our episodes have focused around kind of stuff that we're passionate about, but we've kind of branched out into other areas that to discuss subjects that I may not be passionate about, you are more passionate about, or you may not be passionate about. And we're really just figuring out how and studying how you go from casual fan to fanatic. I think we've said that like 50 times, but we want to get the point across. It's called a good thesis statement. Yes. Daniel. Yeah. I mean, I think we've mentioned in a couple episodes that we are submitting this to journals and Harvard and Cambridge and Oxford yeah. and... Yeah, but not Yale. Yale. No, fuck Yale. I think Yale got caught up in the oh, that's college right, the, scandal, the bribery scandal. Yeah, sorry to date the podcast to <laughs> mid March, but that's when it's, we're recording this. Oh, our listeners, our podcast is so relevant. God, stop being it's so amazing. demanding, listeners. God. <laughs> All right, so what are we talking about today, Adam? Well, uh, we decided to talk about comic books yeah. and in particular why daniel is passionate about comic books and the me the medium yes. the artistic medium of, yeah. of comic totally. books and uh we're i am i am not as passionate i.e am not passionate at all about comic books but yeah. daniel is going to kind of walk us through his his comic book story his his graphic novel ah. of where <laughs> how he went from being like casually interested in comic books to being like you've got quite the collection now. i do um yeah we'll get into that when we get into sure. uh story time and i heart comic book section yeah um but yeah so let's dive right in and what? discuss what is a comic book 10.0 
It's the score. That's the judging score you got for wow. diving in. That was a really good joke. <laughs> it made me sweaty. That was such a good joke. You know? The Russian judge, though, ooh, oh, they gave man. a five, man. Oh, in Russia, water dives you. <laughs> <laughs> all right oh the other thing people is you get just amazing comedic bits from us yes i mean if you want classic Nothing. comedy that yeah. timeless classic comedy timeless. you come to passion fruit we're like the charlie chaplains of podcasting and that our comedy will always be timeless <laughs> it's actually all slapstick humor <laughs> which nobody can see so it doesn't make any sense but here we go let's talk about comic books Adam. all right so Daniel, what is a comic book? Well, I'm so glad you asked. A comic book or comic... <laughs> Shit, I didn't read ahead. A comic book, two words, or comic book, one word, also called comic magazine or simply comic, is a com- is a combination of <laughs> shit. It's a publication that consists of comic art in the form of sequential juxtaposed panels that represent individual scenes. So basically... It's a thin magazine where an artist draws, um, (laughs) just touching Adam's face right now, (laughs) an artist draws scenes and then a author creates a story that then the artist draws a scene, of course, for the stories. Um, And they're sequential, but sometimes they're just one large page. Anyway. It's kind of hard to describe comic books. I'm assuming how you know what a comic book is, right? Yes, I do. Thank God. <laughs> no. Um, how, uh, no, we'll we'll talk about that later. So, um, yeah. So so I I would ask you know what what was kind of the start? When did the when did the medium really get going? I think the medium, according to Passion Fruitspedia, the medium really got kind of started in. Some origins relate back to 18th century Japan, um, in which you can kind of see the evolution of that to manga in -hmm. Japan now, uh, which is kind of different than comic books here in the U.S. But really, the if if we're boiling it down to the reductive narrative of a superhero comic book, that really got started in the U.S. and the U.K. during the 1930s. And actually, a lot of them related to, like, Superman and Wonder Woman and all those comic books coming out. It was it was kind of... I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but mm-hmm. a lot of it wasn't, like, very patriotic, like, propaganda yeah, almost. exactly. Um, and, yeah, there are a lot of comic books where Superman's punching Hitler, Wonder <laughs> Woman's punching Hitler. Yeah! and um, Or Fuck Captain America. I think Captain America was around back then. It would that make was, sense. That would be ironic if Captain America was the only superhero <laughs> not punching <laughs> Hitler. Captain America was like, there are both sides to the story. <laughs> no, there aren't, Captain America. God damn. Um, so, so uh, sorry, yes. I'm going to qualify my questions a little bit. Oh, but, God. So, what what is indicative about a comic book versus like what like the art the art form so it's not just words on a page and right. it's not just like a large drawing on a right. page but like different panels exactly. that separate scenes and what how would you characterize the art style well at the in the very beginning it was kind of like pulpy um like basically uh comic books used three different colors and they all kind of look the same mm-hmm. gosh it's kind of it Comic books really, and this is kind of where my knowledge of the comic book medium from the start, I'm 
tapping my chest because I'm doing like a mea culpa, like the Romans. <laughs> um, this is where my knowledge kind of falls short is I don't, the early comics were very sequential, like okay. panel, panel, you sure. know, some larger page with a larger panel, yeah. but they were very sequential with their panels. And then what I've seen now with the more independent comics mm -hmm. companies, you know, they're really pushing the medium forward with their art. But, um, not to say that the comic books from back then aren't art. It's just, um, very kind of simplistic, you know, the drawing mm -hmm. compared to, to today from back then is like wildly different. You yeah. know, it was just like trying to get as much action in as possible back then. And like I viewed comic books back then as being like storyboards almost. Yeah. That of, would be a good like, way to put it. Yeah. Very sequential, very, and, and to it, the the animation really punctuated the like the words like the the uh, yeah that yeah. that's that yeah, was yeah, my yeah. impression of it i mean and and my impression of it too with the with the comics that you gave me and kind of a little bit of background research i did yeah. is that it's designed to be easily consumable right, right? Yeah. like not super um like very dialogue driven not not a lot of prose not a lot of descriptive prose that's right. done through the art form, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, they're, you're totally relying on the artist's representation of what the story is trying to convey. Um, so if we, I tried to read a bedtime story to someone over Skype. Yes. If I tried to read them a comic book, it would not make sense at all. No, it would not. <laughs> Especially when there's no pages of like dialogue or anything. <laughs> that would be fun to see though. Maybe we could do that as, um, a YouTube podcast. Oh, yes. Adam reads comic books over bed <laughs> bedtime. Um, but then also newspapers uh, started having like comic strips and stuff like that. And you would see um, that's where like a lot of sequential comic book or comic stories come from. Okay. Uh, comic books really are just like the actual little thin book of and most of them. Until later, when comic books really started to explode, most of them were self-contained stories. Okay. They really didn't cross over into like series that we see now. Um, yeah, so it was pretty much self-contained in the comic book. You would get yeah. beginning, middle, and end. Like, yeah, because that I view those as being kind of like sitcoms, if you like, like twenty-minute, twenty-one-minute sitcoms of the literature world. Right. Um, <clears throat> right like, I mean, <laughs> like a like a little bit of you know very uh structured if you will at least the, the older ones um and then we'll obviously we'll get into kind of right. the evolution of comics yeah and and i think it's also important to delineate comics in their current form don't necessarily have to be humorous because oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that's what i would get as a young kid is you know i loved reading comics but right. like the funnies and the newspaper right. something yeah. like that no me and that's um when we get into story time that's kind of how i started as well but um, let's fast forward a little bit. I mean, we really, we could talk for hours about <laughs> the evolution of, you know, Marvel and DC and stuff like that. But there are two kind of main, so a lot of comic books revolved around superheroes and there are two main superhero comic book publishers, Marvel and DC. Okay. DC stands for detective comics. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, and Marvel was called something else at the beginning. It wasn't Marvel. It was like capital comics or something like that. So is DC like, is Batman the detective comic? 
The detective? Yes. Yes. I'm going to call him Detective Batman from now on. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's how he started uh, as a detective. <laughs> Oi, Watson, what's this here? What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just blending art, art forms. <laughs> that, Batman has now become Sherlock Holmes. Apparently. Bat I Holmes, that. if you will. Bat Holmes. <laughs> Copyright TM. I'm oh, making nice. that comic from now on. I'm sure that will be a Will Ferrell movie at some point. <laughs> um, or an Adam Sandler movie. Oh, yeah. That would be fun. Um, so... Marvel and DC were the kind of the biggest players to start with. And there have been smaller independent publishers and Marvel and DC have um, purchased some of these smaller independent Mm -hmm. publishers and kind of just had them under the Marvel or DC umbrella. Um, But Marvel and DC have survived through to today. Um, Comic. Well, we will get into the comic book industry later towards the end of it. But anyway, so, yeah. question for you too yeah. like with with the medium of comics and like the art form can you explain a little bit about the cultural phenomenon around comics because okay. i feel like stuff like comic-con which was originally a little bit more niche is just yeah. becoming a lot more mainstream these days right and that's kind of why we're talking about it today is you know you know we're we're not sitting in our mom's basements, eating Cheetos, reading comic books. And we're not kids either. Right. So like, I think that the market has expanded beyond just like kids, you know, things that kids buy for five cents with a bubblegum pack. Right. Um, and I guess it, I mean, it exploded kind of with the patriotism that they had. And I mean, it was marketed towards kids and I mean, gosh, the story of like Spider-Man yeah, that like resonated with a lot of kids because Peter Parker is not this burly muscular hero like Superman or Batman. You know, he's a nerd that gets beat up and that like resonates with kids never resonated with me. I was the coolest kid in the yeah, world. Cause you were just super burly and <laughs> yeah. buff. Yeah. And, right. Oh man. Yeah. My if muscles. only, if only we had a TV show and not a podcast, right. our listeners you see it. and their yeah. watchers, I'm flexing. I mean, since since we've got you know billions of billions of listeners. Oh my god! It would be like the most successful Netflix show ever. We should do a weightlifting episode and talk about how great we are at weightlifting. Um, it's not us just talking. It's just us going. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it really resonates. You know, comic books resonated with kids because it holds their attention. There's a story within the comic book. And then it, you know, there are some younger talk about some artists that go into like Marvel and DC, you know, some kids in college, like start reading comic books. And then it just kind of like self self propels itself with, um, new artists in like the late seventies and late eighties trying different things and new stories. Like really the seventies and the eighties is when, the idea of having like arcing stories yeah. and a lot of the comic book movies that we've seen recently have related back to those stories. Okay. Like, um, the X-Men movies, especially like, uh, I think, Oh gosh. Are you looking for a particular X-Men movie? Yeah. I'm trying to think, um, like the one, like, like the, the origin story ones well, about, X-Men 3 that okay. came out, which was terrible, and the new one that's going to be coming out, Dark Phoenix, that mm-hmm. like relates to a story from the 80s. Okay. Um, 
I mean, Captain America's the first Captain America movie relates to the first Captain America comic books, whereas gotcha. the Captain America Winter Soldier movie relates to a comic book that came out in like early 2000s. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, and this it's very hard to describe. But the the the, the basic the basically there are these huge worlds that have been created by the comic book writers and manufacturers and publishers and like there I think that's that that was what my question was is yeah. you know I talked to you, you know, I clearly know very little about the Marvel and DC worlds yeah. and how all the characters interact yeah. and all that but there are a lot of people out that identify with a lot of the characters and right. they follow the storylines and know how they all weave together and that's something really cool yeah. that yeah, that yeah, is yeah. You know, it's transcended medium, right? Um, whether it be a video game or movies or yeah. television shows, animated shows, but it all comes back to the core medium of, of comic books, right. right? I think that's really cool. Yeah, and so kind of going from talking to us about the, us talking about the '70s and the '80s, we started in the early '90s. Marvel and DC were like dominating as much as they could dominate the medium. Um, then a couple people from a couple artists and uh, story dudes, authors, I don't know what you want to call a sure. comic book story guy. Um, they broke off from Marvel and created Image Comics, which is probably the most well-known independent comic publisher gotcha. who created The Walking Dead. Oh, they okay. created, um, gosh, uh, in Invincible, that's a superhero comic. Like they have their own superhero comics, but they're the ones who are doing the not typical superhero comic. Like they focus on stories. They really broke off because broke off from Marvel because these people could create their own characters and have mm -hmm. autonomy over their characters. Whereas Marvel, you like the interviews talk about when they created image, they were like, We went to Marvel and we wanted to have like Spider Man like kill somebody that mm -hmm. they don't say exactly that, but they want to like, there's so much weight to these characters that, um, like you have to think like, does, would Batman really do that? Yeah. Would Spider-Man really do that? And so that's the image comics. And there are a couple other independent publishers like vertigo, dark horse comics. Those are the ones that I really have fallen in love with. Okay. Um, because, and we can get into it later about why the comic book industry is declining, but especially with Marvel and DC, you have to know so much history and there are so many different books that, uh, interact with each other, mm -hmm. like interrelate with each other that if I want to read the latest Spider-Man, like I need to have read the latest guardians of the galaxy or something. Oh, like, okay. I mean, that's a weird example, but, um, I mean, that's, Eddie just barked. Our mascot, Eddie, just agreed with me. He was like, Woof, he's, dr he's dreaming. <laughs> no, seriously, that's what he's doing. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So that's kind of why I've liked Image Comic or those independent publishers so much is that their stories are even contained within their own comic franchise. Gotcha. You know, you get some crossovers, but it's nothing. So it's like easier to dive into. Oh, totally. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. When you have no idea where to go, you can look at like image comics. Um, I'll, so I'll yeah, say, I think, sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, off, no, but that, good. that's what's been intimidating about Marvel and DC worlds for me is, you know, like you said, to, to get to know any of the characters and to know the backstories, you've got to read a ton. Right. And they, <laughs> so DC and Marvel will like reboot when they get like a new, 
artist or a new author, they'll reboot characters to get like a new arc. Gotcha. But then within the middle of the arc, like say the artist is going to be doing 30 comic books, but in the, you know, in comic book 15, there's a crossover with another franchise and it's like, well, if I don't read this other franchise, am I going to not know what's going on for the rest of it? So anyway, kind of a brief, um, not really interesting or thorough (laughs) history of comic books. Uh, Um, Yes. We at fashion fruits have the most (laughs) inclusive history, excruciatingly researched. Yes. Going into our published paper that's coming out later on. Exactly. Um, but that's what I really want to talk about and focus on is comic books. Now, um, I will probably never go back and read like the original Batman's and Superman's frankly, mm-hmm. because they're not very interesting anymore. <laughs> like, um, you know, it'd be, it's fun to look at the art, but if I'm going to get like a comic book or a trade paperback or a graphic novel or sure. something, I look for something that's pretty recent. Gotcha. Um, Oh, and we'll, I'll talk, I'll give you a definition, comic book versus graphic novel. Now, one of the previous episodes, I recommend that you read the graphic novel Watchmen, which actually came out as separate comic books, but then they put it all together and called it a graphic novel. But there are artists and authors who create specific, like they don't release it as a periodical comic book. They just create a graphic comic book novel that's like an actual book yeah anyway so that's um it but well well, go ahead all right well thank you for that you're welcome lovely overview fascinating overview (laughs) fascinating and not that great hey but you know what uh we we forced our listeners to sit through model trains last episode (laughs) so they were they were loving it they were like whoa yeah choo-choo we are on the it's the one-two punch of listeners for listeners at, <laughs> I, I got lost anyways um so let's uh let's pull up a little little mug of cocoa and yeah. actually as the as the springtime is coming as we're recording or maybe in the summer as you're listening to this yeah they pull up a nice glass of iced tea Ooh, yeah tinkle tinkle those are the ice cubes in your iced tea oh, glass nice you want a picnic basket you like we'll sweet just... tea or normal tea adam sweet tea hell yeah yeah all right um yeah so pull up your glass of either coke of cocoa and or iced tea hell yeah do you know what the just mix your cocoa in with the iced tea? Yeah, it's like a Arnold or like a like a Christmas Palmer Santa Palmer. <laughs> nice, we've created yeah. something amazing. Yes, TM trademark doing DM. that as well. TM 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 TM. All right, yeah. So let, let's let's dive into Daniel's story. Oh boy, yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, All right. we, we're doing a lot of diving today, but yeah, we are. So how how did you get into comic books, sir? So you're kind of you kind of talked about it earlier is you know reading comic strips and stuff like that i would come home from school like every single day basically like sixth grade on even in high school i would come home and read have like a snack and read the comic strips in the newspaper um and just i would always get i read a ton of I read Garfield a lot, which is unfortunate, (laughs) but still funny. We got like, whenever we would go to like a bookstore or something, I would always head towards the humor section where they had comic collected comic strips. Like Calvin and Hobbes was my absolute favorite. Uh, Garfield, Farside, um, Zitz. Did you ever read, um, what's it called? Uh, Foxtrot. 
I did read Foxtrot. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, love Foxtrot. So it was, I was never discouraged from reading those books because I was still reading. Right. I mean, frankly, Calvin and Hobbes, you get a ton of interesting vocabulary from that comic book yeah. or that comic. Um, and just we, because of how Calvin talks. Yeah, we can. I, I would actually suggest at some point that we do an episode about oh, Calvin and Hobbes. Just, oh yeah. my goodness. Um, but so that I the medium really spoke to me. I really liked comic strips and especially Bill Watterson, how he pushed the envelope and the medium forward and actually creating art as a comic artist. Sure. Um, and you know, I would sometimes get comic books like Captain America, Spider-Man when I was younger. I really, but it was the same issue that I was talking about earlier is that, you know, you try and dive into a Captain America comic in the middle of it and you have no idea what you're go- what's going on. And I wasn't, there was no comic book store near me, so I couldn't go and try and find the first comic book right. The in that little story arc. But when the Watchmen movie came out, or I guess when it was announced, I read the graphic novel and that kind of really set me on to finding the style of comic books that I liked and the style of graphic novels that I like. Cause the Watchmen is a very different style and it was released in the mid eighties. So it still has kind of like a, what you would consider to be like a very traditional comic book style, even right. though it does a lot of the artists did a lot of cool things with it. Um, but I, fell in love with Watchmen and the movie was fine. Um, Who will watch the Watchmen? Exactly. Um, But then I kind of like started looking for other different forms of that and really didn't, um, uh, didn't really become super passionate uh, about comic books until law school. There was where I was living in Greensboro. There was like a comic book store right near me. And I would go there um, each week. Um, you could uh, ask the proprietor of the comic book store to pull certain comics for you in certain series. Oh, that's cool. Um, so, you know, every month I would have, you know, four weeks of two or three comics that I would get um, and kind of focused on publishers like Image, Vertigo, Dark Horse Comics. It was really Image and Vertigo that I really like. Um and so I'm going to interrupt real quick yeah. here, but so, so this is like the progression of the more serious, more adult comics, like not, not funnies, not right. collections of, of like, you know, four panel jokes essentially right. too, but like more the overarching, the arcing stories is what right. you're getting and, into. And you know, they tackle, um, kind of, well, not like adult themes, but like the walking dead is zombies and yeah. pretty gory. And, um, so yeah, I, started looking for more and I guess I hopped onto like Reddit and some comic book forums to like look up, well, what are the classic kind of modern comic books that are out there and, uh, picked up the walking dead, uh, compendium, which had like the first 50 comics for the walking dead. I love that. Yeah. The story is awesome. The art, um, is really, really good, especially because, the artist it's always been in black and white Mm -hmm. the walking dead doesn't use any color which um with zombies and all that shit you would want maybe want some color but they do a very good job of keeping it clear um and then 
uh, I discovered. So there's this um, author. We'll just call him that. His name is Brian K. Vaughn. He has written for Lost, uh, but he wrote this amazing comic book story uh, called Why the Last Man. And it follows this one young man um, after every single man in the world has been killed by something. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what. And it's only women in the world except for this one man. And it spanned like, I don't even know, 50 or 60 comic books. But I've picked up the first um, hardcover collection of oh, okay. Why the Last Man and like read it in like two hours. <laughs> it was awesome. It was so good. And it was just such a, like an interesting story. Because, you know, you're just basically reading a movie. Yeah. And it's easily digestible. It's um, something that you can read quickly, but you're still getting, like, and not that the, not that I need, like, highfalutin things all the time, but it's not <laughs> also not like I'm just reading, like, fart jokes or right. I'm not reading a dick joke book, which someday <laughs> I'll write. <laughs> um, and we can't wait for that to come out, Daniel. Yeah. Um, but it really just, like, it's there it's very easy to it was very easy for me to turn my mind off mm-hmm. and read a comic book or read like a graphic novel and um reading the walking dead and why the last man really pushed me further cuz then at that point Brian K Vaughn was writing another comic book series called uh Saga okay and the art for that is phenomenal so so i'm going to yeah. ask you a quick question about that are there artists and comic book authors that are better known for their story progression versus their artwork and vice versa? Or like the best ones are like the quote unquote best authors are those that have, you know, phenomenal artwork and tell an intriguing story. Cause I can see it coming to a certain extent of being like, you know, I, I read, you know, the story is okay, but the artwork just is phenomenal. Right. Or I read this one where, you know, the artwork's a little bit more simplistic and doesn't push the medium as much, but the story is super addicting. I think that happens um, possibly, and this is again my kind of ignorance showing. It could it possibly happens more with situations like with Marvel and DC, okay, where with more of the independent comic book publishers, they um, have more autonomy over who they can choose, or like they come to Image Comics and say, "Hey." I want to work with this artist. You know me because I have great, I've written great stories mm-hmm. or an artist comes and says, I want to work with one of your authors. Uh, trying to think. Um, I mean, yeah, some of Brian K. Vaughn's, uh, earlier stuff. Um, I don't really, he has like this, uh, comic book series called ex machina. I think it's called, which I, I've got like a trade paperback, but I didn't really like it. The story didn't speak to me. Is uh, is Ex Machina the, the same thing from uh, the movies? Like Deuce Ex Machina? Maybe? Maybe <laughs> I don't know what you mean. The, 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 um, you mean the, the, the story about like the Android, the Android that was created and it was, uh, no. Okay. Not, Sorry. No, no, okay. no. No, it's like a totally different story. Um, and that same kind of thing, like um, Robert Kirkman, who created The Walking Dead, he did that superhero comic book, Invincible, that I really, really like. Um, and the art is totally different because it's in color 
and more of that classic superhero style. I don't know if I've answered your question at all. No, that's okay. But um, but yeah, I mean, I I think Brian, like just to take Brian K. Vaughn as an example, I think the stories that I've read of his that I really like are really, really good. Um, but that sometimes like you check out his other stuff and I don't, the artwork may be phenomenal, but the, it really has to work to get for me. It really has to work together. Okay. I'm yeah. really, really picky about it. Like, and if, th- that's fine. I think that's, yeah. that's a good descriptor of maybe for people who want to get into comic books is like finding that meet that balance right. of what stories speak to the person and what artwork can you digest? Right. So there's this, uh, and just as an example, there was this comic book that, or comic series that came out when I first started getting into comic books called Profit that I heard amazing things about. The artwork was amazing. The story was amazing. And I got like a couple of the actual comic books and tried to read it. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like the artwork was amazing and I guess the story was amazing, but I just, it didn't click with me. And that's kind of like an unfortunate thing is, you know, trying to find the comic books that click with you. You yeah. could spend a lot of money trying to find the comic books that click with you. But that's why I think collections of, they call them trade paperbacks. Mm-hmm. It's a collection of like the first five or six or eight, comic books in a series all together that get published all together after gotcha. the series kind of like gets to that point and then they keep going. Um, but yeah, so I think even though I may love some artwork of this one person, if the story sucks, I may check it out, but I'm not going to yeah. keep going on it just because the art is great. Right. Um, so yeah, um, going from, you know, the walking dead and why the last man, I started getting my own, taste and feel for some of the comic and like saga was a big one Mm -hmm. with brian k vaughn and um trying to remember it's been i so i don't i don't buy comic books anymore i've really uh, my passion lasted for maybe about two or three years Mm -hmm. i would not say i'm as passionate as i am now interesting Uh, we'll talk about that when we get to it but um yeah it was because it was I was looking for sci-fi and fantasy stories and stuff like that. And it's so easily digestible. There's that word again, digestible, like your fiber. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's a PSA. Everyone make sure to eat your fiber. Right. <laughs> but it's, you know, comic books are great because and I really love them because the sci-fi stories or whatever stories were. I, you know, can only watch so many of the same movies over yeah. and over again, but you know, each week I could find maybe a different comic book that I really like. Yeah. So that's kind of what it is now. How about we take a quick break for show and we'll get back into maybe some story time and I heart comic books and stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. All right. Bye everybody. Yeah. Hey, why don't we have any audio clips of comic books on this episode? <laughs> <laughs> We're back, everybody, with a great joke by Adam. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Make that joke again, Adam. Oh. Why don't we have any audio clips of our comic books? Dan- Russell, the- paper. <laughs> Russell, Daniel paper. is literally flipping through pages right now. <laughs> that's, oh, wow. That was so relevant and that's so timely. That's... AMSR, baby, <laughs> not ASMR. We got a new version of it called AMSR, American Made Sexual Relations. 
<laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, I mean, you know you like it. I've got a lot of stuff going on with my voice right now. Yeah. All right, well, let's... <laughs> let's dive back into yeah. it we're doing a lot of diving i got my speedo on my- <laughs> no one wants to see that no one i was gonna say something hilarious Actually, about <laughs> it's okay i have my speedo on as well and there's a got a good old muffin top going on just, man i actually wear beach a, body i wear a one piece so my boobies don't fall out <laughs> can i talk about boobs adam Huh? Uh, <laughs> smash the patriarchy, Daniel. Smash yeah, the patriarchy. I got boobs. They're great. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So, brief wrap up of kind of my passion for yeah. uh, comic books. So, um, yeah. Go into the comic book store kind of every Wednesday is when new comic books are released. Uh, I would always look for Image Comics and find a series that I liked. Um, Image, Vertigo, those independent publishers, sometimes Marvel. That's the Vertigo comic. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Again, that was another good joke. It made me so sweaty. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. uh, And I've got some Marvel. I really don't, didn't get any DC. I've read some Batman stories that I heard were very good. Um, I got like Deadpool and some, the new Hawkeye that came out around that time was awesome. So question, this yes. is a wonderful tangent. Why is Hawkeye a superhero? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's just a dude with a bow. He, who is awesome. I, I didn't say he wasn't, but it's like the, what's the arrow? Superhero. Green arrow. Green arrow. And, uh, uh, Superman. He's not a superhero. <laughs> no, but like Stupid. black widow. How are they? What are the superpowers? Because the, okay, they um, don't like have, being incredibly fit. That's a superpower. Superpowerium. Um, so I'm I'm a superhero. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Um, no weightlifting episode. Uh, Let's go. Gar. <laughs> um, there. It's it's all the stories, and they're part of the Avengers and the comic book, like the Marvel universe so they get lumped into and that's how actually how a lot of marvel superheroes got their own comic books is they got lumped into a comic book with like a more popular superhero Uh, and then when readers were like going gaga for spider-man they were like we need more spider-man or wolverine that's how wolverine started oh i didn't know Um, that yeah adam if you had listened to me when I was talking earlier, <laughs> I did an intense history about Wolverine. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I would shoot for the independent comic book publishers because I'm just an independent guy and I don't need no man. <laughs> um, so yeah, all right. Let's talk to you, Adam. How? What is what? Uh, fuck, got him out of it today. Um, right. What was your? Did you have any exposure to comic books when you were younger? And so that's the interesting thing. And that's, I think, part of why we're doing this episode is I've had very little, i.e. no uh, exposure to comic books Got growing it. up. So I know, um, like when the Marvel movies started coming out, yeah. I had zero background. Gotcha. Like, had no idea who Iron Man was, barely had any idea. Like, I obviously knew who Superman and right. Batman and Spider-Man were, but had zero idea of their backstory. Did you, like... Because the you know the Spider Man movies and the X Men movies that came out in the early two thousand, did yeah. you like see them and like them? Or? Yeah, uh, kind of. Like gotcha. the Spider Man movies, 
given our age range, I think they were exciting. Yeah. Um, but not, I, mean, I go back and look at them now. They're not wonderful movies. Um, <laughs> same you thing. You obviously have not watched them recently. <laughs> Spider-Man 1 and 2 are awesome. Okay. With Tobey Maguire, Adam. Tobey Maguire. <laughs> he's, he's Secretariat. <laughs> or Seabiscuit. Uh, Fuck. <laughs> um, I think the... The the first one I really liked was Batman Begins because oh, that well, was mid two thousands, right? Late two thousands, <laughs> mid two thousands. I don't know. No, sorry, I was keep going. Uh, no, no, but that was like the first like major motion picture superhero film that I was like, this is really cool. Yeah. Um, but other than that, zero exposure to comic like the traditional superhero comic books. I like you loved the funnies in the yeah. newspaper. Huh. Loved uh, Calvin uh, and Hobbes. Yeah. Loved Foxtrot. Um, I. Uh, um, Did you like, well, actually relating back to our kind of halo, um, episode, you didn't have a video game console, so nope. you didn't play any of like the Spider-Man video games nope. on like PC or anything. Okay. Nope. There was an amazing Spider-Man N64 game. That was <laughs> awesome. Nope. All right. Um, and, and then the cartoons other too, or anything like, I didn't have cartoons? cable growing up. Hmm. God, you were just watching PBS and yeah. <laughs> learning about things. <laughs> I watched a lot of Bill Nye the Science Guy. I watched a lot of uh, like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, R.I.P. Um, had a, boo, boo, did, boo, Do you remember boo, the, boo, boo. the show Zoom on PBS? Uh, Zoom, I never watched Zoom. Zoom was the, Zoom was the greatest. Um, I was too busy watching SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, yeah. Well. That, yeah. that explains a lot. <laughs> it does. Um, um, okay. But yeah, and so, and, and then I think the other other thing too was none of my friends growing up were big into comic books. Gotcha. I, I don't, I just don't think that culture was really prevalent in our school gotcha. for whatever reason. Yeah. Poke, I mean, Pokemon. It, yes. I never played Pokemon. <gasps> Sorry. It's okay. Um, um, you didn't I, miss out on a whole lot. <laughs> I mean, same. I didn't get, again, didn't get in, really into comic books until much later in my life um, when I could make choices for my damn self. Um, so, yeah, I got, you know, except I would watch the comp, the cartoons and the mm. get some of the video games and stuff like that. And, and I think that was the big thing is I, like you, have a lot of collect, like comic strip collections. Yeah. So, like, one of my prized possessions is the Calvin and Hobbes, like the, mm. the complete works of Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. Um, I had a bunch of random ones. You know, you remember the uh, comic strip shoe, like the bird that lived in the, anyways, it was like this oddly sarcastic uh, take on like corporate life. It was like a slightly less dense, slightly less dense version of Dilbert and Doonesbury. Red Dilbert a ton. Loved the show. Then I realized I was being idiotic. (laughs) Dilbert was not funny. Anyway, uh, um, yeah. So very little exposure. Gotcha. Probably the most exposure I've had is um, talking to you. Hello, Mr. Daniel, <laughs> sitting across from me, and yeah, and then just the Mar- the Marvel books. But even then, like go the Marvel Marvel comic books. But even then, like going into the current Marvel movies, yeah, like one that's just that has just uh, come out as Captain Marvel, yeah. Which I have zero knowledge of who Captain Marvel is, how gotcha. she fits into the storyline. Mm. Same thing for like you know, uh, yeah. And Hawkeye like, I, apparently is not a superhero to you. Yeah, but that, that's <laughs> the thing is that I just don't have that background. I so I remember walking out of the movie after we watched Avengers: Infinity War. Yeah, 
and you were so upset so upset <laughs> crying bawling if you will i don't want to turn into dust yeah. but Spoilers i remember asking <laughs> i'm sure nobody has seen that movie um i remember asking you like what the significance of all this the the post credit scenes are because i just never have any concept of why they're important because i don't have that background knowledge in of like the marvel universe of like oh there's a obviously in iron man 2 when like they saw you saw thor's hammer right like i was like okay i get that you're like what what the hell yeah but all the others i'm like oh okay yeah no you kind of i mean they've towed the line between being super nerdy about the marvel comic books or um relating to the other movies so yeah yeah so yeah, so that that's that has been my exposure, and that is something that I, you know when you have handed off to me a number of your favorite yeah graphic yeah. novels and comic comic books that I am going to read at some point. In time. Yeah, I mean, so the stuff that I gave you, so it you know relates to what we were talking about today. I gave you the first collection for Why the Last Man, the Walking Dead compendium, like the first uh, the first trade paperback for Saga. Um, and then one of my favorite comic book series, which was just eight uh, separate comic books, uh, Trillium by from Vertigo. Um, so us talking about this has, and it seems like you're interested in reading them. Or yeah. Reading. Yeah. Reading. You read a comic book, right? Yes. You don't watch a comic book. <laughs> um, um, no. Yeah. It, it has definitely, definitely piqued my interest did you um, read? Did, I, I think you mentioned you read Why the Last Man a little bit. Yes. Okay. About yeah. How far did you get? About a third of the way through. Nice. It's just been super busy. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and I I really enjoy it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm just having a little bit of trouble with like reading because I read like left to right, top to bottom. Gotcha. And there are things I was like, oh wait, that dialogue right. goes there, and this dialogue goes here. So. Tr- being able to understand the medium a little mm-hmm. bit more, uh, I just have to have, I just have to practice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's something you got to get used to cause you're taking in the artwork and the words and the story yeah. all at the same time. So I'm, i and I've read the, why the last man series like three or four times and I'm, you know, always finding something kind of new and cool. Uh, okay. Um, so yeah, well, cool. I'm glad that, um, you're at least interested yeah. in learning more about it. So given that, yeah, Let's do go on to our last little, little segment Let's here. Let's dive into the next segment. Oh, we're doing so much diving. I know. My arms are going to be <laughs> sore from all the diving. <laughs> I just hope butt. that we're not diving into the shallow end. No, we're That's smart. not recommended. No. We know what we're doing. Ah, yes. Especially so, when it comes to diving. So the, the I Heart comic book section. Yeah. But Daniel, what is like the craziest thing you've done in the name of comic books? Probably spending too much money on comic books. And that really... Um, kind of where that's where I kind of stopped uh, collecting comic books and mm-hmm. really, it, it, you know, I was finding that there were only a few comic books that I really, really liked and would always get them. And then I was just find, trying to find that same feeling almost like it's not addictive, but like when it's such a cool medium that I really enjoyed mm-hmm like looking at the artwork and reading the stories and all that stuff, it, it became more difficult for me to find the ones that were giving me the same, uh, feelings as like why the last man or saga, all the ones that I keep referencing and the digital age really hasn't, there are a couple, there's one 
app called Comixology mm-hmm. that has brought comic books to tablets and things like that. And you can, they actually have like an unlimited, they're owned by Amazon now, which I didn't know. Um, <laughs> Everything's in. Well, yeah, sorry. That was stupid of me. They have like an unlimited, like you pay $5 a month and you can read all these comic books, but it's not an entire series. Uh, like, so okay. it's like the first um, trade paperback of the Manhattan projects is on there. But if you want to buy the other ones, you have to pay $12. It's just like, well, fuck. Like, so it, it really just became too much to try and keep up with. It became too expensive. And it also is just like, I love the authors and I love the artists and stuff, but a lot of the ones that the series that I really fell in love with, and it's similar to a lot of the series is they take breaks. Like after six books, they take a break for like, three to six months, sometimes even longer. And there are a couple great series that I really loved that just stopped. Oh, okay. And they're like, Oh, we're going to come back to it. And it's just like, well, this kind of sucks. <laughs> Cause it's just like, I really, and it, you know, it kind of sucks. So if like, you're always looking forward to that day of the month when you get the new issue of saga and you don't get that for five or six months, you're just like, okay, well, should I try and fill this void or I know I'm making it seem like I'm just like a addict with comic books and it can be very addicting to, you know, go there and get something as collecting, collecting sure. stuff again, relating to Marvel and stuff like that. That's where the comic book industry has really been in decline, even with the advent of and total domination of Marvel comics at the, or Marvel movies at the mm-hmm. box office. Um, I read an article recently that Marvel may be considering totally cutting their comic book line. Wow. I and- doubt that will ever happen. Uh, that may have just been a silly rumor. Um, but and that's, we're spreading them on passion fruits. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but that's there was like an industry meeting recently where a bunch of publishers came together and were like, because publishers will come out with called variant covers where it's like different covers that different comic book stores could get. So like maybe they're more valuable Mm -hmm. or Marvel has all these, like for a certain series or a certain book, they had like 30 different covers that you could get. Wow. And it's just like total saturation and total, like the interconnecting of the stories where it's a very hard. And I, I think you kind of felt it. It's kind of, it's a hard medium to get into. Yeah unless you have somebody to like guide you in there and recommend stuff. But then if you don't have that, you go to Marvel and you're like, or go to a comic book store and you're like, Oh, I've heard of Spider-Man. Yeah. Again, you know, it goes back to what we said at the very beginning. It, you know, if I haven't read all these Spider-Man, well, you know, they're like three bucks an issue. So do I have to buy all of these? Like, is there a trade paperback? But wait, I got to, you know, read this to get this. And you know, it just, it just became too much to kind of keep up with. Uh, I started to lose interest after artists and authors wouldn't publish for six months. It's just like, all right, well I'm done with that. And saga that, you know, the one I was really, really into for a long time is still going now. And I've like gone to comic book stores recently and like looked at it and like, Oh, I would get that. But I probably will only get it when they're done with the story Mm-hmm. So I can just read it all through and when they have all like the hardcovers all together, so it's not that expensive. 
Um, so yeah, that's car. We're in the I heart comic book section, <laughs> but it's more like this is why I don't heart comic books as much as I do. No, I think that that's it's an interesting transition though from how and then, you know in future episodes we'll. I, I assume we'll broach on subjects like this as well, where people may not be as passionate, yeah, or, or what? What are the what are the chinks in the armor, if you will? Yeah. That that you know you were super awesome, super hyped about this at one point in time, but what has maybe tempered that a little bit? Right. Well, and I mean, you know, the digital comics that you can get and put on your tablet are great. You know, if you have a big enough tablet, you know, they're detailed enough, but. You're still spending three bucks to get it. Um, go ahead. I was gonna like in the iPad tablet era is the medium because I think part of, part of the part of the appeal to me would be like the actual book in the hand, like the actual like miniature newspaper in your hand of being able to flip through it. Like is that is that lost in the digital versions? I would definitely say so, and maybe that's why the digital um, medium hasn't really progressed much. Um, sure. Because it is like collectors collecting comic books, which, you know, goes to why I also stopped is it just starts to take up too much space. And it's just like, well, do I really want to get rid of all these Deadpool comics? Or like, I love these Trillium comics. Like, I have them all. Why would I go and get a trade paperback, which would make yeah. it smaller? But like, do I want to keep these all? Anyway, so yeah, it's... um. Yeah, I don't think I'll go back and be as passionate as I was with comic books. Um, I know, it's so sad. Well, and also now it's just like every other fucking movie that comes out is a comic book movie. Right. So, and there's, you know... And so why I, read it when you can watch it? Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, reading? God. But, I'm you know, I've been able to find that um, need for that kind of art form in movies and in other books like, you know sci-fi books and stuff like that cool yeah anyway um did you have anything to talk about in the iheart comic book section uh, not really no, yeah not All at right. this point in time I, just kind of reiterating the fact that i'm intrigued by the medium yeah um i've heard amazing things about uh watchmen which i still need to read that graphic novel <laughs> um but yeah well, and I'll take maybe we could go to a comic book store sometime because um, oh, yeah. I mean, there are also hobby shops where yeah. you get like D and D books and stuff like that. So there's a ton of stuff, and you know, we can check some out if you truly get interested. Maybe I can show you a couple things, and I mean, because they're Star Wars comic books. I know you love Star Wars. I so that was the one of the only times I was ever exposed to comic book like graphic Ooh. novels. Is I read a couple graphic novels cool. when I was really young like literally check them out from the library gotcha cool uh and Having actually that's fun. a great place to do it um i think a lot of libraries are now carrying graphic novels and yeah. stuff like that so it makes sense like yeah you know because it you don't necessarily need to keep the comic book if no, you've not read at all. it <laughs> so uh it reminds me of my favorite song from the show arthur on PBS. Having fun isn't hard <laughs> oh yeah when you've got a library card did you have the arthur cd that had that song on it? I don't think so. Oh, man, we did. It was awesome. <laughs> we were real cool. <laughs> Super cool. Um, well, yeah, so thank you, Adam, for letting me chew your ear off with comic books. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think it's very fascinating because, once again, I've just not been exposed to that culture. Mm -hmm. And obviously, there are a bunch of people that are passionate about yeah. it. Um, and I imagine what, this will be a little bit contentious when, yeah. when you... If people listen to this episode and you're like, yeah, you know, it just isn't worth, isn't as worth it anymore. I, um, I mean, I think that's why the industry 
is in decline and there are so many comic book stores that are closing is just, it's just a lot of people view it the same way. Like, um, get into it for a couple of years maybe and just stop after, you know, the author that they like so much doesn't publish regularly. Yeah. And I'm not saying like, Oh, you need to be like working nonstop and, you know, come on, treating me right when I'm yeah. buying all your stuff. But, and you know, people need to take breaks no matter what, but it's, it just becomes too much to keep up with and yeah. everything like that. Um, That's all right. Well, thank you, Daniel. Thank was you, fascinating. Adam. Very fascinating yes. stuff. And uh, to all our billions of listeners, <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed this. But uh, now we're on to the final, fourth and final section of our episode, episodes, <gasps> show, called yeah. the Recommendations. 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 All right. All right. So last time... You recommended to me mm-hmm. that I watch Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. Did you end up watching it? I did end up oh, watching really? it. I know. Crazy that I finally watched <laughs> one of the damn things that you recommended. Stupid movies <laughs> and shows. Um, here is what I'm going to say. This is going to be a longer talk about okay. this because yeah. we talked about it last episode, my trepidations with the movie. Sure. And I was Maybe it was confirmation bias, but I was confirmed in my trepidations. <laughs> um, I I enjoyed the movie. I would give it a solid 65. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Solid D. Um, <laughs> below average, but not failing. Um, and I really liked... The one thing I keep thinking about is Rami Malek's performance as Freddie Mercury. Oh, yeah. There is... He, it was... Really, really awesome. That's why you really won amazing. the Oscar, well, I mean, right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's got to be such a difficult character character to tackle. Sure. I mean, because it was in real life, a larger than life person and so many nuances and things like that. But here's where <laughs> my... Do we need another cup of cocoa? Yeah. All right. Get another <laughs> cup of... So the movie was kind of just like very sequential just like this happened and then this is how they wrote um we are the champions yeah you want to know how they figured out the foot and clap stomping they had their wives stand on a stage and do that in the studio (laughs) it was just like a really by the numbers kind of story and what i also keep coming back to is that this movie has been in production for years and originally was set to have Sasha Baron Cohen as Freddie Mercury. Right. And they were going to tell like a much darker, the much truer story about Queen. It did gloss over, even from my very limited knowledge, it did gloss over right. a lot. Um, and that I would, I would have preferred to have seen that because I know that I, you know, the music was phenomenal and Queen's a great band and I love Queen, right. but um, I know Freddie Mercury was a very flawed person and his, um, like the portrayal in the movie. Well, and just like, and I mean, it's also kind of just, um, me knowing that Freddie Mercury was a homosexual, bisexual man mm-hmm. in an era where homophobia was like rampant, right. especially in the UK and especially in the US. And this isn't my, this isn't my story to like, I shouldn't 
be crying that the story of Freddie Mercury being a homosexual or bisexual man, that's not my, because I'm neither homosexual or bisexual. So that's maybe not my flag to carry, but also Freddie Mercury specifically chose to not come out in an area where homo in an era where homophobia was rampant. Right. And there have been criticisms of him that say that if he had come out, that could have, you know, the biggest man in the world being fronted by a homosexual man or a bisexual man, um, could have changed many people's minds or, um, and, I will never be in that situation. So I have no idea what is going on in somebody's mind Mm -hmm. when they're in that situation to come out or not. So hindsight is 2020 of knowing what happened during the eighties related to homosexuality and everything like that. So I would have preferred to have seen a movie that really focused on Freddie Mercury as a flawed person. And it did. Yeah. But it was just like super surface level. I mean, I don't know what the creative direction of that movie, what, what, I don't know what dictated the creative direction of the movie because it was rated PG 13. Like it wasn't like it obviously was created as kind of like this tribute to queen and to Freddie, Freddie Mercury, which, but to your point, mm. there is a, there is a biopic that could have been uh, a little bit more deep. Yeah, totally. And, and the really the creative what I've read is that the creative direction was dictated by Brian May and Roger, I guess the drummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were like, and that's who Sasha Baron Conan clashed with so much was like oh. him wanting to have like a deeper dive into Freddie Mercury as the flawed person and Queen as a flawed band. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Anyway. Um, also that, that would be tough, wouldn't it? Like well, with, yeah. with those mean, two, like the remaining band members right. who still are touring and right. still have, I, it's a, it's a terrible thing to say, but like not their reputations, but like perhaps they want to prep memorialize Freddie Mercury as opposed to bringing back up, um, right. the kind of an ugly past that was wonderfully that despite their past, Obviously, Queen has done amazing things, right. and you know they're rock legends, right? Well, but. and you know that's and what I've been thinking about when we've been doing this podcast is that I think you can be passionate about something and love something with all your little heart, um, but still recognize its flaws. Mm-hmm. And I think memorializing a person and having a movie or something about that person and recognizing their flaws. I mean, Freddie Mercury wasn't going out and killing people. He was obviously a fine guy. Um, so I think, I, I don't know, it would have just been more affecting to me. And again, I've mentioned it a couple of times, but I don't need every single thing that I watch or listen to, to be like affecting, yeah. but especially when the subject matter could have been, I would have preferred a much more affecting look into the flawed but amazing person of Freddie Mercury. Maybe maybe there is an opportunity for that later on. Maybe. Well, you know, they're already talking about doing a sequel, which is weird because it goes from like if from live aid to Freddie Mercury's death would be like five years when the first movie if they do another movie, the movie covered like twenty years, which yeah. another complaint. Anyway, also <laughs> I would have uh 
they really kind of rewrote the history of Queen because they released an album either right before Live Aid or right after Live Aid. Mm-hmm. Like they played Radio Gaga at Live Aid. Yeah. From an album that was released the same year during Live Aid. Except in the movie, they're like, we're broken up. We only have two weeks to rehearse. No, they're playing together. <laughs> um, and also, after I watched the movie, I went and watched the actual video of the concert live. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Phenomenal. And I would have preferred to just have seen that at the end of the movie rather than Remy Malik like lip syncing and everybody lip syncing their, um, yeah. instruments and stuff and getting like a close up of his former wife's face being like, <gasps> or like his uh, now lover, like being like, it's really, he's, he's doing it just like, it was like 15 minutes of that. That was one of my... So. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I'm just like <laughs> shitting on this movie. I did enjoy it, uh, but I am kind of shitting on it for good reason. That's okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so let, let's move on. How about that? Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. No? I'm done. All right. <laughs> Hold on. Let me go smoke a cigarette. I'm just fuming in the corner. Um, so what, what do you want to recommend to me? Well, what about... Oh, yeah. I didn't listen to the podcast. I saved it, and I'm following it. Uh, because it's, Adam, I only li- listen to the Mountain Goats, right? Yes. I just have not had time. I, to listen I apologize. To a podcast? I don't have a commute, for better or for worse. Oh, so. rough life. I know. Just can't. Um, don't have time to listen to that ye old podcast. So, so many- are you going to have time to listen? If I recommend a podcast now, are you going to have time to listen to a podcast? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, let's dive into rec- <laughs> I'm so sorry that that was so long, but <laughs> I had a lot to say about that movie. That's anyway, okay. That's what, that's and what you our, didn't even listen to the podcast. What, so it's great that I had a lot to say because <laughs> you didn't provide any content. Um, all right. What do you, what would you like to recommend to me um, today? I, I think, uh, do you want, I, cause I've got something. If yeah. Go, okay. go for it. So do we want to talk about what we're going to be talking about soon? Sure. Yeah. So soon we're going to dive back in. We're going to do a big old deep dive into the music world. And we're going to talk about um, certain bands that we like, certain genres that we have no idea about. So to kind of um, grease the wheels of the music. Oh, man, these wheels really need to be greased. (laughs) Get your WD-40 out. (laughs) Again, there we go. Right into the microphone. (laughs) I forget which episode you did that in, but ah, you're ruining our microphone. Um, so I'm going to recommend that you listen to the podcast. Are you talking REM re me to start listening to some REM? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a great podcast where Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott talk about the band, the music band REM okay. and their love of REM. Yeah. Screw you. <laughs> um, no, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. No, you're not. No, I am. <laughs> I'm joking. You sexy, sexy man. <laughs> Come here and kiss me. Um, okay, so yeah, please start listening to, you know, even just the first couple episodes. Sure. If you listen to the second episode, you will hear them talk about that. Actually, one of my favorite episodes. Um, you'll hear them talk about the album 
Reckoning that I recommended to you way back when, when we first yeah. started this podcast. Well, we, were, we little babies. Exactly. All right. So listen to Are You Talking R.E.M. Remy. Go ahead, Adam. Cool. What are you going to recommend so to me? Please my, go ahead. My my recommendation <laughs> to you is that something I've been watching on Netflix recently. Mm. Um, now, what is Netflix? Netflix is this website that I you go to. Flickster. Was that their separate, when they were going to separate their streaming and their DVD? I have no idea. My back hurts. <laughs> so All right, old. go ahead. Uh, watching um, the show, Formula, uh, there's a new Formula One documentary. Gotcha. Se- documentary series. Cool. Um, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but... It's really good cool. um, if you're at all interested in motorsport. But it's like a lot of the, um, I, I guess I like the format because it's very similar to like the All or None series that Amazon Prime was doing about like, it just like follows these teams and takes like a really in-depth personal look at these teams. Gotcha. Um, but similar, but it's like that applied to F1. Cool. So it looks at a lot of uh, kind of the different uh, politics and the relationships that go into F1 teams and uh, you kind of get to see the progression of actually a lot of these like second and third tier teams in F1 because in F1 if you're all familiar with it the two most dominant teams are the Ferrari and Mercedes-Benz teams like Lewis Hamilton drives from Mercedes-Benz he wins freaking everything gotcha um, and like, Sebastian Vettel uh, drives for Ferrari and he wins whatever Lewis Hamilton does Mario win, Andretti a <laughs> little bit, li- little bit, uh, yes. Um, but the it really goes into some of the smaller teams, like the Red Bull teams and the uh, Renault teams, and looks at the, their history, looks at what makes or breaks the seasons. And honestly, because I love F one from a technology standpoint, yeah. Um, but watching races can be boring. Um, what? <laughs> I mean, even more so than NASCAR. Yeah. But like you, um, because the two teams because the Mercedes Benz and the Ferrari teams are so dominant in the sport, like it's just, it's a question of, all right, well maybe Hamilton's going to win today or Vettel, whatever. So the the results are never surprising. Um, But this really gives you a good look at why that is and gives you, you know, I actually checked the F1 results this morning just to see um, because you could, uh, teams that are striving for a top 10 finish. Sometimes that's their entire goal for the season. Gotcha. Um, huh, that's and, pretty interesting. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's good. It's fun. The episodes are relatively short. They're like 35 to 40 minutes Thank long and they're only Christ. 10, but even just the first episode, it's really intriguing. Cool. So, I'll yeah, check it out. Recommend. Um, awesome. Well, podcast fans, passion fruit fans yeah. are, what are our fans called? Fruit cups? Fruit cups, yes. Fruit cups. Well, fruit cups, thanks for listening. <laughs> um, we hope you had a good time because I certainly had a great time talking Lovely to my time. good friend Adam about. <laughs> I had a terrible time. About Bohemian Rhapsody and my disdain <laughs> for the movie. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Twitter at Passion Fruits Podcast 19. Yes. Or on Instagram at Passion Fruits Podcast. No 19 there. No 19. <laughs> or you can uh, shoot, us, uh, shoot us an email at. Passion Fruits Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we've mentioned this in a couple posts before, but you know we love your feedback. Yeah. And we'd love to f- hear what you think about only the episodes. Only if it's good. <laughs> yeah, only if it's good. We just need all positivity We're in our lives. Very fragile. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, interact with us. Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Dan is in the radio. And I'm on both Instagram and Twitter at Adam.com. 
Tay, T-A-E. Nice. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening and stopping by. Have a good night. Get home safely. And uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> We'll be right